Hello, everyone, and welcome to Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads. I'm Mike Laidman. And I'm Chris Blonsky. And we're two dads who also happen to be nerds. We certainly aren't experts, but we are open to sharing our experiences with other nerdy dads out there in the interest of keeping our kids alive. How are you doing, sir? Good, Mike. I am completely ready to go for Christmas. I did all my shopping today. I am all done. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, no, I have. I don't have to do any, like, Christmas Eve rush out to the store kind of thing. So, When have you ever done that? I have done it one time. Not Christmas Eve. The latest I've ever left it is the 23rd. But usually I'm done quite early. <laughs> I, th- I think the 21st is the latest I've ever gone. Right. But I don't think I've ever done any on Christmas. I won't. I mean, unless you count post, because I've definitely had like a family Christmas thing that was like, oh, we're doing this on the, the 29th, and then I bought it on Boxing Day. So, oh, yeah. No, no. That doesn't count. That doesn't like, count. That okay. does, definitely doesn't count. The latest I've ever seen. So we, we used to own a curling supply business, mm-hmm. and we had somebody come to our house at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve to buy curling stuff. Oh, good. And it's like, damn, man. <laughs> this is bad on so many levels. I, I mean, I used to work retail on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and I mean, you'd be surprised at how many people were still out and about running around trying to yeah, do stuff. That's crazy. Like, I actually, I worked at Tim Hortons, and it was really funny because Tim Hortons in Canada, it's like 24 hours everywhere you go. Like, the store I worked at, 24 hours. And Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve were the only two days we closed because we would close early on both days. And then, like, when I first started working there, they actually were closed on Christmas, but then very quickly, they started to open for a few hours at a time, and then then they would just open all day on Christmas. Right. But on Christmas Eve, they would close early. And I always loved working the Christmas Eve shift, because it was like watching the zombie apocalypse happen. Oh, how's yeah. that? <laughs> well, we, we, we called it in the sense of, like, there were five steps whenever the store was closed. Five steps. It was the person would walk up to the door, and, and this this happened every single time. The person would walk up to the door, and they'd pull on the door without even looking inside the store to see that we were open or closed or not. They'd just try to walk right in. Step two would be they'd look, read the sign that says that we are closed. Step three is they would try the door again, even though they just <laughs> read that we're closed. Yeah. Step four is they start looking in the store to wave somebody, to see somebody and wave them down and be like, come and come and come. And then if it got to step five, step five was them bargaining with us to like try and get stuff. Right. Which, I mean, this is back in the heyday when everyone loved Tim Hortons. Now, I I don't know what it is about Tim Hortons now, but everybody seems to hate Tim Hortons. Yeah, it's it's kind of gotten insane that the Tim Hortons hate thing. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, so back in the day, like people were, were dying for their Timmies, right? So like literally people, we'd have people like at the door being like, I'll pay you $20 for a coffee. And, and I'd be like, I'd love to take your money, but we haven't had any coffee in this building for two hours because we've been cleaning. <laughs> It'd be nasty. Yeah, like it's all cl- it's all been dumped. There's not a drop of coffee in this building. That's that's like even even like an old coffee that's been sitting out for hours because we would do a deep clean when it was closed because it was the only time to do a deep clean. But yeah, people would freak out. My my personal favorite, too, is if you started working the next day when they opened back up, then there'd be a line of people waiting to get in and they'd walk right up to the register the second 
you like walked in and they'd be like, hi, can I get a large coffee? And they'd be like, we'd look at them and be like, you're kidding, right? Like we walked in the door with you. Like <laughs> there's no coffee. It's not been, it needs like 10 minutes to brew. There's nothing like, yeah. Yeah. People you used a- to be very crazy for their coffee. No kidding. I mean, that's just, you know, use your brain a little bit, right? But were you ever able to take home, you know, on like the clean day, could you bring home a whole pile of donuts for the family sort of deal? No, because they uh, kind of, I don't know why, but I seem to remember all of a sudden there being this rule that like you couldn't take the leftovers. Oh, okay. And they so made it like, yeah, they just, we just threw it out. Like if there was stuff that, that was left over, they were like, toss it. And we're like, are you serious? Like, there's like yeah. two dozen bagels sitting there. What that a we huge could be- waste. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. what's the harm in that? I guess you're going to resell it on the Tim Hortons black market or something. Yeah, like yeah, that's right. Tim Hortons is so popular that we need to to resell our bagels out back for, you know, some crack money or whatever. But- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. The dark life of Tim Hortons employees. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the one thing that was funny, the best Christmas shopping story, like on Christmas Eve story that I know is... Is, is actually one of Laura's. Do you know the director, Duncan Jones? I do not. Okay, so Duncan Jones is actually David Bowie's son. Oh, okay. And a few years ago, like he directed, he directed the Warcraft movie. He directed a Moon, that the Sam Rockwell movie. There's a lot of stuff that he's directed, but for whatever reason, the only thing I can think of right now is Warcraft and and Moon. But anyway, he was tweeting. And Laura was following because she loves David Bowie. And I guess she liked his movies. I don't know. But he was tweeting about how on Christmas Eve, everybody should have their stores open so people like him can go and go shopping. Right. And he's like, people want to buy Christmas gifts and stuff. And Laura tweeted at him to be like, those people are at home with their families. Are they are they not allowed to spend Christmas with their families? And he responded back with, "Well, they would want you would think that they would want to be making money or, or something like that." And Laura's like, "No, like that's you're you're being very rude to to assume that these people would rather you know not spend time with their families but serve you. They're not they're not making that much money. Yeah. yeah. So he promptly blocked Laura. So nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So. So Duncan Jones, David Bowie's son, has blocked Laura on Twitter because she called him out on wanting people to work Christmas Eve so that he could do his Christmas shopping. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, you know that's something that you you put in the scrapbook, right? For like highlights of your life, getting blocked by David Bowie's kid. I think she framed that one. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, things are well. How's your how's your son doing? Good, good. We uh, spent a weekend in Niagara Falls with Derek, Natalie, and Henry. We went to the indoor water park over there. Not Great Wolf Lodge, the like $900 a night experience. We went to the the much cheaper one on top of the casino. (laughs) Okay, I was wondering because that's the only one that I know of is the Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, no, so there is one on top of the casino. I, I figured the actual name, but it's like Falls View Water Park or something like that. So we went there and we got a hotel room for the night and the boys absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. They did not want to leave the water park until, you know, they were dead tired, that kind of thing. It was really busy the Saturday night, but the Sunday morning was very light. So we almost had like the park to ourselves almost. But it That's was not very bad. good. Yeah, it was good. Then we went to the casino buffet for dinner on the, the Saturday night and it was marvelous. <laughs> 
I'm always a big fan of buffets, especially when they're good ones. This one was a good one. Sometimes you get some real crap ones like Golden Corral, you know, not to offend any <laughs> of our American friends, but that's just garbage. <laughs> I always liked, what was it, Ponderosa? Do you remember I've Ponderosa? never been there. I've heard of it. I've never been, though. I remember really liking Ponderosa, and I've never, I haven't been, I have not been since I think I was 14, so it's been a long time. Ponderosa might be really shitty now, but at the time, I remember it was amazing. <laughs> well, that's the Golden Corral thing, right? Tiff, we, we went to Ohio a while back on like a business trip. I brought Tiff with me, and she really wanted to go to Golden Corral because she remembered it being so good. And I'm pretty sure I took like 10 years off my life eating there. <laughs> it was <laughs> so greasy and so deep fried and... I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just too weak. My my Canadian innards don't stand up to those of the our U.S. brothers down south. So, well, that's that's good. I mean, yeah. maybe that's why she remembered it so fondly was because of the greasiness of <laughs> maybe yeah. But uh, other than that, no, nothing else. Ben's kind of just doing Ben things, and we're just gearing up for Christmas, that kind of stuff. What about you? Well, today was a fun day because I was actually off today, off work, and. It was all because of, you remember how my dad was watching William because we couldn't get him into daycare. Right. Well, my dad actually had an appointment today. So he asked if he could not watch William today. Well, when William got into daycare, we promptly forgot that I booked the day off work so that I could let dad go to his appointment. And all of a sudden, I had a notification on my phone at like 10 o'clock last night that was like, hey, you're off tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Nice. (laughs) I, I totally forgot about that. So I took uh, I took William to, to his daycare today, and then I came home and I played a lot of Titanfall. Oh, did you finish it? No, I didn't. I, I played a lot of the online. Apparently, I made a mistake trying the online first because I have no idea how to play. Like, I, I'm still trying to figure out the wall running mechanics and things like that. Yeah, so I'm shocked, Mike, that you went straight to multiplayer. It just seems so un-Mike-like of you. Here's the reason. Here's okay. the reason. Because there's three multiplayer trophies, and they're really easy, and I just wanted them out of the way. Did you get all three? I did. Okay, but good, the, good. But the sad thing was, is the third one, which is... Look, so, okay, so there are three multiplayer trophies. One is join a clan. Easy. It was the first trophy I got. I joined a yeah. clan first. The second trophy, change your loadout. I changed my character from a male skin to a female skin. Trophy. Right. Do, two out of three. The third trophy is win a match, and it took me almost an hour and a half to win a match. <laughs> oh no, you couldn't get carried by somebody. No, That's it was too it was bad. it was funny because we were playing, and my team would always start really well, mm-hmm. and, and it would be like, okay, we're 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 running away with this. We got we're like twenty points ahead of them. We're doing fantastic. We're doing fantastic, and then the Titans started to drop in, right. And and we were just getting massacred. Every time the other team dropped Titans, my team would fail without like we got really close to one point. Like it was there was one time it was literally a nine point difference between winning and losing. And and it goes to like six hundred and fifty points or something like that. And it was we were nine points away. So we were that close to winning. But we we still lost. But it was really funny because it was just like because I, I went straight in the multiplayer. Multiplayer assumes you've been playing the rest of the story and know how everything works. I had no idea how to wall run. Uh, so everyone's just wall running around me, shooting me. 
Right. I had no idea how to fight Titans. <laughs> you basically don't. You just run away. <laughs> well, it says like if you're a guy, like if you're just if, if you're a Titan, you can blow them up using the Titan weapons. But if you're a pilot, you can attack the weak spots. Well, I don't know where any of the weak spots are. Right. And I ha- and I don't know that like because there are you can switch weapons and they're like anti-Titan like grenade launchers and stuff. And I had one in my inventory. I didn't know how to switch weapons. I still don't know how to switch weapons. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I'm just getting massacred anytime the Titans showed up. But what I really liked about it, because I've never played it until today. There's like a mechanic where there are not just the multiplayer players, but there are cpu characters like grunts running around that you can shoot like just on the ground army men and then like other robots show up and and you can blow them up and and they they have different point values as well and i really liked that because it made me feel like i was doing something on my team besides just dying on repeat yeah what and it makes the battle feel a little bit more like immersive i guess a little bit like a little bigger because it's not just six on six it's like you know 40 on 40 that kind yeah of thing. definitely and so I, I i it took a while and then it's funny because the the time that we did actually win my team just walked away with it like it was something like 650 to 240 oh nice like it was insane like i always like do i just stop playing and collect the trophy <laughs> but but no, so I've been playing. I'm not, I just started the campaign. I'm on the second mission. I, I am enjoying it. But that that's not what I was supposed to be talking about where, what we were doing with William. But this was all set up to. But you asked about Titanfall. So, mm-hmm. so Laura actually came home sick today. So she and I both went to pick William up at daycare. And it's the first time in a while that both Laura and I have been there to pick up William. And we get there and William has got – he's like – in the back room because there's the baby room and then the, there's the farther back baby room. And in the farther back baby room, there's a little fake kitchen set. And he's in there playing away and having a great time. And the the women at the uh, – like the teachers or whatever they are, they're all there with – and they're like, oh, William, look who's here. Look who's here. And he turns and he sees both mommy and daddy and his face lights up. Like the most beautiful smile and he's so happy to see us and he starts crawling and Laura reaches down and he crawls right through her legs straight to me. Nice. Nice. <laughs> the power of the dad. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was just like, oh, somebody's a daddy's boy. And Laura's like, yeah, yeah, he's a daddy's boy. So That's funny. Yeah. Well, make sure you don't rub it in too much, but enough, enough. Yeah, I've I've only brought it up like four more times today. Yeah. But <laughs> but it was really funny because this was actually also the first time cuz the way our daycare is is there's little walled areas because they have all these other other little daycare areas like there's the little kid room and then the toddler room and then the bigger kid room. They all have little gates so that the the babies can't escape. And I've never passed the gate before and Laura told me she's like, "Oh, we can go in there." Like they told me that. I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I've never been in there. So Laura and I go in there to grab William and we, we change him while we're there because uh, our daycare actually provides clothes because that way if they get messy and like cover themselves in paint when they're finger painting or something, then a parent doesn't show up and be like, what the hell? Why are his clothes covered in paint? Right. So so we're changing him back into his normal clothes because they usually they do that, but we were just there really early. So we're changing him back and I just kind of look over. And one of the other babies in the room is standing there staring at me. Like real like children of the corn just standing there and staring at me. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hi. And they're like, hi. I'm like, okay. And I go back to changing William. I turn around. I look back. And there's two babies standing there. <laughs> Very children of the quorum just staring at me. Yeah. Like, okay. And I look back at William. I look back. There was five babies standing there. <laughs> like, they are all just like crowding around. And I'm like, this is actually kind of freaky. Like this like army of babies is slowly appearing behind me. Right, but, right. But that was really funny. The other thing that actually happened today is I brought William to daycare this morning. And he was a little fussy because when I bring William to daycare, I bring him on the bus. Normally, he's he's pretty good on the bus. He's usually just kind of quiet. And like looking around, like all grumpy, just because he doesn't like being all squished in his in his winter jacket, because his his winter jacket is quite poofy. So he just doesn't like being in his winter jacket. And today he was actually kind of like really fussy and cryy. And I'm like, man, I'm very surprised. Normally he's not like this. And well, I found out when I took him out of this the stroller, and it was because he pooped on the bus. Oh no! And so I bring him into the daycare, and I'm like, I'm really sorry. I think he pooped. Do you want me to change it? And they're like, Oh no, no, we can take care of it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like. I really feel really bad. And they're like, you, you wouldn't be surprised how much other parents just show up, drop their kids off with their poop pants and leave. And <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but this is my first time. So I feel really bad about it. So give it a few months. And then I'll just be like, you take the child and leave. You know, like, <laughs> right. I don't even remember what his name is. Just yeah. whatever. Just give yeah. Just take poop pants here. I don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was that was funny today, too. But all the big news about William actually is Laura got to see William have his first steps today without me. I was upstairs cleaning and Laura was downstairs playing with William and he was leaning on one of the baby gates and she was sitting, I don't know, maybe three, four feet away. And she was like, hi, William. Hi. Like trying to get his attention. And he turned around and he took four or five steps towards her. And like, I'm upstairs cleaning and I just hear her like, oh my God, yay. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> you missed something big, yeah. We've been trying to get him to start walking. And I knew, I knew the second I heard how happy she was, I'm like, oh, I just missed his first steps. I just missed his first steps. But That's pretty but, good. First steps being like four or five at once. That's really good. Yeah. Well, he he's been doing one, you know, like one good one every so often. We've been practicing with him. And now, like, we, there's actually, if you look on Instagram, Laura posted a video of it, and it's, it's us pushing him back and forth. Like, we, we've been walking him from daddy to mommy and been handing him off. Well, we just basically let go of him and he walks. Nice. And he did really well. And he did it a whole bunch of times. So, I mean, it's, he's not quite at the point of just getting up and going, but, if he's in a starting position, he can walk a few steps before yeah, flopping he's, over. Yeah, he's got like the mechanics sort of figured out now. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. Wow, yeah. that's pretty awesome, Mike. Welcome yeah. to the club. Yeah. <laughs> now we can all race them. Yes, and and bet on them. Yeah, that's right. This is what I've been waiting for since they've all been born. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right now the odds are not in William's favor if we were to. To bet with that. But. Yeah, but you can boot camp that kid. I mean, give him another few weeks. Man, he'll be mm-hmm. like a racehorse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know what? There's one more thing I wanted to, before we got into this week's topic. Sure. I, I wanted to bring this up just as a thing of like, has this happened to you? And this isn't about a penis, so don't worry about it. Okay. Unless it's about your penis. But you'll see what I mean in a second. What is the worst way that your child has accidentally injured you? Since Injured me? Injured you. 
well, I kind of know where you're going with this. I don't know. I don't think Ben's actually hurt. But probably he's just smacked me in the face, like turning around and, and backhand me in the face or something like that. Okay. Okay. On the weekend, William headbutted me in the nose, like right in the bridge of the nose. Ooh. So nice. hard. I saw stars and I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, that's yeah. brutal. That that was my my first injury via child. Now and who he was, was fine? Who was more upset? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Were you yeah. more upset or was he more upset? He was fine. Laura thought like I was really hurt because I kind of started like I covered my face up and started laughing. Right. So she thought I was actually like, crying. Like I on one hand I covered my face up because oh my god it hurt. Yeah, but on sure. the other hand yeah, I wasn't crying. But well I mean I guess I was. There were tears. Yeah, but you said tears, Mike. I mean. Yeah. But I wasn't like bawling my eyes out. It was <laughs> they were tough, manly. They tears, were tough, but... man. I've been hitting the head really hard, tears. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm I'm glad you pulled through, Mike. I did, I did. Yeah. But I pulled through, and I got to see all the wonderful things at the the Game Awards last week. Nice, good segue. Good yeah, segue. yeah. And it was a lot of fun things. Like I don't, you haven't watched, you didn't watch the Game Awards, did you? I did not. No. No, and it's funny because I have this kind of love-hate relationship with the Game Awards where it's like, I want to know everything that happens at it, but I don't want to sit through an award show. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm not a big fan of any award shows, whether it be like the Oscars or the Emmys or video game awards. I, I just feel like there's a million of them. Just give me the Wikipedia link afterwards with who won and I'm I'm satisfied, right? Yeah, and but the thing is, is what they've been doing at the Game Awards the last few years is they've been doing E3-style announcements, right? Oh, okay. And some of them are so big that it's like, ah, I I just want to watch it live so that I can experience. Because if there's that game, that game that you've been waiting your entire life for, and you you find out that it's coming because like, oh, it's in Reddit, you know, like it got announced on Reddit, you know, or would you rather see it like appear in your face, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, a perfect example is actually earlier last week, PlayStation did their state of play. I don't know if you know their state of plays. I, I'm familiar of what it is, yes. Yeah, so they were they were announcing a bunch of games, and they announced the Resident Evil 3 remake at that. Okay. But the thing was, is it had leaked like a day before. So instead of it being like, holy shit, because the, the way it was announced, it was like a big surprise. But... All of that surprise was taken away by the fact that, oh, it leaked like two days earlier, you know? Right, yeah. And, and, and I saw, I first saw it because somebody was like, hey, this leaked. Here's the, here's the evidence kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like basically the cover art for the game showed up on the PSN store by accident. Oh, oh, wow. So it wasn't yeah. even like somebody in the back, you know, literally leaked it. It's the, the company itself messed up that bad. Yeah, they whoopsied. And yeah. yeah, so the announcement, like, had it gone the way that it had originally been organically planned, it would have been a huge surprise and it would have been awesome. But it was like, oh, well, I already read about this two days ago, so it's not as exciting. So that's kind of why I still watch the Game Awards, because I want that that exciting moment. Sure. And I mean, P.S. I am still very excited for Resident Evil Three Remake, but so <laughs> no big surprise there, Mike. No, not, none but, at all. So, what was the big moment of the the Game Awards this time? I think I think announcement wise, the big moment was when they shadow dropped the new Xbox. Okay, where they were just like, surprise! Here's the new Xbox console. Right, and 
the thing about it that's okay. So for, I don't know if you read anything about the new Xbox at all. I, uh, I did. After you told me what we were going to talk about today, I quickly went online and <laughs> oh, good work. got a little bit of information. Good work. So yeah. they, they're, they're calling – it's the most confusing situation ever. So it as it appeared on the Game Awards, it was the Xbox Series X, which is a terrible name. Can, like the, the Xbox family of systems has had the worst naming convention of anything. Like, I mean – Say what you will about some of the the Nintendo system names, at least they were all like consistent, you know, with the exception of one. It was something different every time. Like Mm -hmm. the N64 is is something, the the GameCube is something. And then they got into Wii and then Wii U and Wii U like was, oh shit, everyone, no one give a shit about Wii U because half the people thought it was an accessory to the original Wii. And this thing, it's the Xbox Series X. There is an already existing Xbox One X, which is like, you know how many people are going to get the wrong Xbox at Christmas next year because of that stupid name? (laughs) No, I I know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know what exactly they're trying to do for the naming things. I understand where they're going with the whole Series X, because this way they can have Series X and Series A and Series Z and whatever. Yeah. But in terms of sort of like that sequential thing like you're referring to, I don't know. I don't know why they just don't do numbers or letters or, you know, just yeah. go with Nintendo and just name it whatever the hell you want every single time. Nobody has, in my opinion, nobody's had it better than PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. <laughs> you know which one is which, right? Yes, that's true. That's true. And the other thing that's so crazy about it is that it's a tower like a PC tower almost. Now, so I found out about this stuff through all the memes on the internet. All of a sudden, this you know new Xbox console starts showing up in all the memes. But I did do a little bit of research, and you do not have to have it in tower mode. You can put it in any sort of angle or, or, or orientation that you want. But it's still gigantic, though. It doesn't matter if it's a tower or not. It's huge. <laughs> well, how big do you think it is? Because they have the dimensions out there now, eh? Well, from what I've seen, from like because they put a controller next to it for scale, yeah, that it looks like if you were to take an Xbox controller and set it down, it's wider than that. Like it's a perfect square around the controller, so it's bigger than that. Yeah, and then down, like it's <laughs> well. So the dimensions people have worked it out based off of the size of the USB port, I guess, in the pictures. Right. So it's it's thirty centimeters by sixteen centimeters. By 16, I guess, as well. So for our American friends, that's like a foot by a foot or by a half a foot, roughly that. Okay. So, that's... so yeah, it definitely, in the pictures, I agree. It looks like this monster thing, but I think in reality, it's not nearly quite as big as we might think it is. Okay. Well, that's not as bad. I talked to a friend of mine who's a big Xbox guy, and I was like, what do you think of that, that Xbox announcement? And he was like, the name is stupid. And that thing is not going to fit in my entertainment center. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, other than that, he seemed pretty hype about it. But the other thing, too, is the, the name thing is I was reading maybe an hour ago that it's actually technically like the name of the system isn't the Xbox Series X. The new system is called Xbox. The Series X is just a version of it. That fits in with Microsoft's naming conventions that they're following now, like Windows 10. It technically is no longer Windows 10. It's just Windows. 
Right. And then they have the iter of updates and stuff going on. So it's Windows 19.03 right now. That's what they're at. Yeah. So I can, I guess they're trying to keep that consistent across all their platforms. I'm not too sure why. I mean, like their Surface tablets and laptops and stuff don't necessarily follow the same thing, but. Well, the Surface, the Surfaces are like Surface Pro 1. Yes, two, that's right. Yeah, three, they still four. follow that. Yeah. But, Until now, what they have that was in the Surface Pro X or something like that. Like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a Surface Pro X. Yeah. I mean, there you go. There's another X for you. They just love their X's over at Microsoft. That's right. That's the but, badass letter. Yes, but like, it's just so weird. Like, just pick. I, I get it. I get it to be like, oh, are we we have the Xbox, and mm-hmm. that's that's the thing, you know. Because apparently this new Xbox is supposed to play every other Xbox game, so it makes sense to just be like, oh, it's the Xbox, because it it plays all the Xbox games, you know? Right. But then just f***ing say it's the Xbox. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Don't give me this Xbox Series X yeah. shit. Just like, wait until the PlayStation 5, they rebranded the PlayStation V, you know? Well, well they've already said te- they've already said it's PlayStation 5. Yeah. And and one of the games at the Game Awards was a PlayStation 5 game and it used a PlayStation 5 with the number 5. Oh, as, okay. That's going to be no so, 11th hour name yeah. change or anything. I mean, it's it wasn't it was by no means an official logo of the system. Like it was what using whatever the font that they were using for the game was, but it said on PlayStation 5. So Right. And then they announced one game for the Xbox and I I remember watching the trailer and as soon as it said who it was by, I was like, "Damn it, I know what this is and I'm really upset by this." <laughs> <laughs> So the the developer of the game is Ninja Theory. You might not know Ninja Theory, but you probably know some of Ninja Theory's games. Do you remember Heavenly Sword for PS3? Uh, You do, actually, yes. Okay, so they made Heavenly Sword. They made Enslaved Odyssey to the West. They did that Devil May Cry reboot that didn't get any. Like, Remember Devil May Cry was like, oh, now Dante is just like a a dude with brown hair, and -hmm. and everybody hated it. Yeah, yeah that's a good game but it's not a devil may cry game that's what everybody's problem with it was but that that company they also did a game that was out i think it was 2017 that was originally a playstation 4 exclusive for a, some period of time but now it's on everything it's on xbox it's on it's on nintendo and it's called hellblade and hellblade is this story of this this woman warrior named senua and she it's like it's like ancient viking norse mythology thing where she is supposedly cursed and while she leaves her village she comes back to it to find everybody killed and the guy who loved her because everybody in the village shunned her except this guy that that was like her husband or whatever they're all dead especially him like he's super dead like they splayed his guts everywhere Mm -hmm. so she's like i love him i want him back so she takes his head to hell to bring his soul back is, is what, so that's, that's (laughs) the story of the game. But what they did with it was they did this really cool thing where like, if, if you ever play Hellblade, do not play it without headphones because that is the way that that game is meant to be played. One of the mechanics in it is that Senua is, is mentally ill and she has psychosis and hears voices in her head. So the voices are very important to the game because they actually provide information to you that's helpful in the game. Like when you're in the middle of combat, there's no HUD in this game. Like there is literally no like 
life meter in the corner or, and or or like you, you, this weapon is selected or anything like that it's all done in the game visually or through the voices okay. and so like the voices will say things like watch out and that usually means that the enemy that you're fighting is is about to attack you and you should block like things like that but at the same time there are voices that will lie to you you know, oh. like, like, so, cause <laughs> okay. you're, you, you know, you're mentally ill, right? So the, the voices will lie to you and be like, you're fine and stuff like that. And then you get, you know, smacked with a shield or something like that. And, and then of course, as you, the game goes on, you, you get crazier and crazier and, and, and the voices get crazier and crazier. Like, the, like one of the voices is actually called the darkness and it is unnerving to listen to the darkness talk to you. And, but the game itself was fantastic and I loved it. And then Microsoft bought Ninja Theory. And I was like, oh, I really like Ninja Theory games. Uh, there's That means all of the games and all of their new games are going to be Xbox exclusives. And the game they announced at the Game Awards was Hellblade 2. Oh, no. And I was Ooh, like. Bad news for you, Mike. Yeah. So I, I'm not because I'm not about to go turn around and buy an Xbox because I'm. I've already started saving up for for PS5. I'm all of my PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 and that's the rumor anyway. The PlayStation 3 and and 2 and 1 games will all work on a PlayStation 5. So, you know, like my hat is in that ring already, you know. Sure, I'm not yeah. going to turn around and and buy an Xbox as well. Although, I did have a thought and the thought is is that Xbox is so like we're going to put all of our stuff onto our onto our, like their game pass service and then what they're talking about is everything on the game pass service is going to be on their cloud service yeah so i'm I, kind I of, we're talking about this yeah yeah so i'm kind of like well maybe i'll just get their game pass for a month there you go mike yeah and then stream it and then bam done that, that's <laughs> so it's not as bad as i thought that's but. right we need all these companies to tear down their walled gardens so that we can best enjoy the entertainment it's true but the, other than that like announcement wise there was not a lot of of crazy announcements like some of the games that, that they talked about were already heard of like um they talked about no more heroes 3 I'm trying to think like last year was a big year for announcements that they announced a new Mortal Kombat last year, but this year there was nothing besides the Xbox that really stood out as like, like, Oh shit. Like that's something that's crazy. Like in the past, like Marvel versus Capcom has been announced there and stuff, but there wasn't anything that I can remember off the top of my head. that was like, Oh yeah, this was the big, there was like three dungeons and dragons games that were announced and like two magic, the gathering games. I don't know what's going on there, but like a whole bunch of like, it, it was like the year of the fantasy game, you know, like, is that sort of the new, well, not new genre, but that's like the, the hotness right now, I guess. Apparently it, it was be. crazy out of those games. The one that interested me most was there's a dungeons and dragons, Baller's Gate Dark Alliance game that's being done. Mm -hmm. And I remember that our friend Rob, I used to play Baller's Gate with him all the time. Like it was a PlayStation 2 game. And we would just go to his house and play Baller's Gate for absolutely like hours, just hours. So if there's a new Baller's Gate Dark Alliance game and it's fun, then who knows? Maybe Rob and I will start playing that online together. Yeah, there you go. But as for the the awards themselves, the game of the year was an interesting discussion because there wasn't any like 
crazy standouts. Like last year, last year, everybody was like, is it going to be God of War? Is it going to be Red Dead? But what about Spider-Man? Like all, everybody had, there, there were like three games that, that were the conversation last year. Yeah. And this year it's like, I don't know, Control maybe. I was going to say, like, there was no real amazing, like, groundbreaking games this yeah. year at all. Like, there was no real standouts. I'm looking at the nominees, and somehow Super Smash Brothers made it as, like, a top six game of the yeah. year. Which yeah. is, you know, which is great. It's a great game. You know, we played it on the stream. It's fun. But it's the same game, just with a little bit more spit and polish on it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a very odd year, like... Last year, I mean, just to put it in perspective, last year of the Game of the Year award, not like the Game of the Year nominees, I had played of the six nominees, I played four of them. Mm-hmm. And this year of the Game of the Year nominees, I played two. And of this year, of all of the nominees in every category, I'd played six games. It's which is now. Now, do you think that's a result of the games just not being that fantastic? Or you just being a dad, Mike, you don't have time to play all these games anymore? It's a bit of both. Yeah. It's a bit of both. Because, like, a lot of discussions I heard from, from like, podcasts I listen to and, and websites that I watch, their YouTube channels and stuff, nobody really had a clear, this is my game of the year. Like... Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is my content. These are my contenders, but I don't know. Like, no, like, there were people that were like, when God of War came out, they were like, this is my new favorite game. Like, this is, there's nothing, there's no way anything beats this, you know? Right. And then this game, this year, it's like, I liked Resident Evil 2. I also liked Outer Worlds. I, I guess one of them could be game of the year. Like, that's the <laughs> kind of discussion that I'm, that I'm hearing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with any of these games. They're just, yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah, and there are some phenomenal games on there. Like I, like I said, the, there were six games that that I played from from this year, and I, I can just tell you all of the games. One of them was Smash Brothers. Yeah, and I mean the only reason Smash Brothers is on the list was because it released just after the cutoff for last year. The when, cutoff when is the cutoff. The cutoff for the Game Awards is like very late November. I think this year, I think this year it was the day that Jedi Fallen Order released, okay. which basically eliminated it from being nominated this year and next year because <laughs> okay, there's okay. like, because there's literally no discussion about it. So nobody's going to nominate it this year because nobody played it. And then next year it's not, it's not applicable. Like it, it doesn't. Yeah, that seems, uh, that seems a little short sighted for sure. Yeah. So Smash Brothers, because Smash Brothers was like maybe two weeks after the the cutoff for last year, so it counted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what can you say about Smash Brothers? Smash Brothers is Smash Brothers. It's it's basically been the same game since. Yeah, exactly. It's a great game. Yeah, but I would never declare it game of the year. <laughs> yeah. So Smash Brothers, and then Fire Emblem Three Kingdoms. Fire Emblem Three Kingdoms was another game that was nominated at the awards mm-hmm. that I did play. I, I haven't played it for very long because actually we got Pokemon for the Switch now. Mm-hmm. So Laura is, is on the Switch like constantly, which I don't have a problem with. I'm happy she's enjoying herself. But I haven't played, but I, I have no opinion on Fire Emblem. I like the art style and I, you know, I played one level of it and 
at some point I'll, I'll get to play it and, and I'll enjoy it. But I have other games to play in the meantime, so it's not a big deal. So if Laura, you're listening, and you're like, "Oh, I feel bad now that I'm playing Pokemon too much," just don't, don't, feels just like, keep playing Pokemon. Don't feel I'll bad. To- Mike has no emotions. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So Fire Emblem, I don't really have an opinion on yet. I couldn't tell you if it was good or bad. I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Untitled Goose Game was another game that was nominated for awards this year that I did play, and I liked Untitled Goose Game. It was probably the most fun. I had because it's such a goofy game, mm-hmm. but it's short and its controls are bad. So it's kind of like this is not this is not a game of the year. Like there's no way this is a game of the year. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, it's an it's indie in- game, right? It fits that indie category. Well, that's okay. I mean, like Celeste was an indie game and it was nominated for Game of the Year last year. So, mm-hmm. so it could happen. But it was, I enjoyed Goose Game, you know, and it was good. It was fun, but it's not Game of the Year. No. So that's that's three of the games. Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2, I mean, come on. It's me. I just told you about how much I love Resident Evil 3, and I'm so excited for the remake. I, w- I loved Resident Evil 2. I had a great time with Resident yeah, Evil course. 2. Yeah, of course, yeah. And then there was a Plague Tale, Innocence, which was amazing. I loved Plague Tale. And I really think that more people should play Plague Tale because I hear no one talking about Plague Tale. I was actually very happy to see that it was nominated for Best Narrative at the game awards didn't win but it was nominated which yeah is nice. as long as you're in that nomination thing you, you've kind of made it i in my opinion anyway yeah and and now i can't even remember what the other game was that's how how it was this year is of the six games i don't even remember what the last one was that you've played that i've played Fortnite. Me, no actually well Fortnite was nominated it, but Mike, and it but was I, nominated <laughs> i didn't technically true <laughs> i did not play it this year though so oh, oh okay okay because i've definitely not touched Fortnite at all this year yeah what was the other game well while you're looking it up if you thought yours was bad mike i played exactly three games <laughs> on all these and one of them i've only played for like a couple hours i've played apex legends obviously i played that one a lot Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I got that one with my graphics card, so I've played it a little bit, and then Smash Brothers, I played at your house during the stream, and that was it. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what was the one? There's one other game. Mortal Kombat? Was it Mortal Kombat, Mike? Nope. I did not play Mortal Kombat. Any of the Mario games? Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> it was Tetris 99. Tetris 99 was the other game that was oh. nominated. Okay, that okay. I've played this year. The online classic, yeah. <laughs> yes. So there you go. That tells you why. I mean, I couldn't remember it. It was just Tetris. But yes, Tetris 99 was the other game that, that I played. And, and none of those were game of the year. It was it was <laughs> no. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, which was the, the game of the year. That's the game that's incredibly hard, right? It is. That, that it's, you it's like die like every Souls. five seconds or something like that. Something like that. I, right. th- it's also the game that had an insane accessibility conversation around it. Oh, where okay. there was I like heard anything about it. Oh, man. One of my friends is blind. Yeah. And he's also a blind gamer. He literally has a, a web series called Blind Gamer. And he, as well as a lot of other people, were having conversations about how like accessibility has been creeping up into games more and more lately. And and what has been coming in is is basically like it's like little tweaks where it's like the the subtitles are bigger or something like that or instead of you know tapping a button 
repeatedly to catch a something or or lift something you just hold the button because some people don't have the the muscular strength or or whatever to tap over they just hold it so like things are like that have been at, being added to to games and people who are like Steve were like I'd love to play Sekiro but I can't because there are no accessibility options in this game whatsoever it's very hard and like I can't see what's going on or like I don't have the ability to block at the speeds that it needs me to block because that's a big thing of the game is it you need to parry your attacks and stuff like almost the entire game is based around parrying sword attacks mm-hmm. and and people like Steve are having issues like they can't see the visual cues or something like that they need a slightly larger window to to be able to block the attacks and stuff and then there are people who are like no this game wasn't made for you just don't play it you know, like like that. So there was this whole war about this sure, game. Sure, yeah. And I remember hearing about this for a very long time. And it was very interesting because there was a lot of people who, who I follow online that were very much like, no, like, I don't understand what the problem is here. You, 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 you make it so that these people can play and the people who want the really hard challenge, that's still there for you. Just don't use those things. Yes, that's right. But then there's the other people who are like, if you put that in there, then it makes all the hard stuff I do worthless. That's Which so is st- like, what? That's so stupid. I mean, yeah. the only comparable game I know is the hockey games, like NHL 19, 2000, whatever, you know, all of those mm-hmm. ones. Now they have so many, like, deeks and things you can do. There's, like, 18 different buttons to shoot. Or you can just do, like, the classic 90s buttons where it's, like, shoot, body check. And, like, you can turn that on and the game plays just as well. I, I don't think it detracts from the game at all. Like, if you want to take all that fine detail, that's great. Go for it. I, I don't think it makes it worthless or anything stupid yeah. like that. Yeah. People people had some crazy things to say about that game. And apparently it was good enough to win Game of the Year, which I couldn't – I didn't see that coming. I mean, again, I heard it was very good. But everybody I saw ha- who was having discussions about Game of the Year, Sekiro was never near it. Or if they mentioned it at all, it was well. Sekiro is not going to win this, or, or or like, like it was it was Sekiro is going to win best art direction or something, just mm-hmm. to throw them a bone, kind of a thing, because the game was so good, so they're going to give them that, you know, like that's that's the the stuff I heard people say about Sekiro, yeah. not that it was going to win game of the year. I think the only like moving on from that particular game, like another game that was nominated for game of the year was Death Stranding, which. You know, I don't follow it quite as hard as you do and that kind of stuff. But from everything that I had read, everybody said it was an okay game, but it was not amazing by any stretch. So, you know, do you know, was that just people being bitter or memeing or something? Or, you know, was that the truth? Death Stranding is very polarizing. Okay. Very polarizing. There's a lot of people that think it's a masterpiece. Right. And then there are people who are like, I can't believe that this game was even made because it's that bad. I'm trying to remember. There is a um, a European magazine, but they, you know, they have the website and stuff. Yeah. They they didn't post a review for the game. They posted an extended preview is what they posted instead of a review for the game because the game's embargo said that you need to beat it to be able to give it a review score. And the guy's like, I hate this game so much, I refuse to beat it. Oh damn! Like he's he's like I don't want to play this anymore. So well, they didn't they didn't review it because they didn't complete the embargoes and they couldn't. 
Yeah. Well, I know uh, Dunkey, he kind of ripped it apart on, on his channel. Now, mind you, his channel is a little bit intended for humorous purposes as well. But, you know, generally speaking, I agree with a lot of his reviews, too. So I was just I was wondering if you knew the yeah. real source. So, you know, I, a lot of things I've seen are people like, oh, it's it's very contemplative and it's full of a lot of meaning. And and some people are like, I don't know, I just like running around delivering packages because that's what you do. You deliver packages. <laughs> this is like the no man's sky argument all over again. Yeah, like it's very weird. Like it's all over the place. I feel like th- this game would have gotten a lot more shit if it wasn't Kojima mm-hmm. that was directing it. And the funny thing is, is like I'm a big Metal Gear fan. Kojima created Metal Gear and I had no idea what the hell Death Stranding was about. And like because of that, I didn't really want to play it. Okay. But at the same time, like every time a new trailer would drop or something, Lord would be like, do you see that new Death Stranding trailer? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I still don't know what to think of this game. And Laura's like, really? I'm all in on this game. Like, this looks like a lot of, f- this looks great. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And she's like, I don't either, but I'm in. And I'm like, okay, but okay, what? Like, so again, even in that sense, it was it was very polarizing. I'm usually a big fan of stuff that, that he's done. I really liked Metal Gear. I really like Zone of the Enders, which is another series that he did. So it's it's like, me, who's a fan of his work, should, should in theory, enjoy it. But everything I've seen about it makes me just be like, I'm not excited to play this. I'm not in any hurry to play it. All yeah. right. That answers my question. <laughs> yeah. So it's, again, it's very polarizing. Some people thought it was amazing. Some people think it's crap. Well, what game did you think was amazing this year, Mike? Well, I sort of touched on it real quick but yeah. i mean what's the two your what's game, your number one here i'm gonna have to give it to resident evil 2 okay as much as i liked plague's tale i think that resident evil 2 gets the the, the bump because of the the resident evil 2 fanboyishness that mm-hmm. i that i have and this was so, the remake right it wasn't a fresh game it was a remake it, it's it's a remake yeah yeah okay so they but they or, basically or it's, it's or whatever yeah it's such a remake that it it's it might as well be an entirely different game okay like it follows the basic story and the characters are the same but they completely redid the gameplay they completely redid how it looks like it's 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 phenomenal okay so yeah no i loved resident evil 2 it was it was fantastic and plague's tale i love plague tale as well it's it's just that if i had to choose between the two i, I would pick resident evil 2 okay that's good but I, what about uh, you? I was going to say, when you asked me to think about it, it's like, well, this is going to be very easy for me because I only played really one game from 2019, and that was Apex Legends. So by default, that is my game of the year. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to do it, right? That's right. But if we're, being, if we're being honest here, my 2019 game of the year is that 2015 classic Rocket League because I've been playing that a whole hell of a lot more than Apex Legends recently, anyway. Well, I mean, that's it's funny how that works out. Like, I've I've been playing a lot of older games. I told you I'm playing Titanfall 2, which came out in 2016. Yeah. I Before that, I beat Soul Calibur 6, which came out last year. You know, like, I'm not... I'm, and before that, I beat Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, which, even though it came out this year, it's a remaster of the original game from 1998. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you and I—we've talked about out. it before. We are very different, like game players and stuff too. Like, I tend to buy one or two games and just play them forever. 
Whereas you tend to buy a lot of different games and, you know, you'll go back and play them and, you know, play one more than the other. But you're playing through a lot more variety than I am. So just, you know, throwing on that whole dad life and stuff on it now, I've I've become so much worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently you just play one, one or two games the entire year. Yeah, pretty much. But that's how I've always been, right? I mean, it's always been like one game. And then when the next one comes out, I drop everything else. And that's the game that I play now. And. You know, occasionally you go back and forth, right? But well, it's funny if if it wasn't for Pokemon, then uh, Laura's game of the year would have been Overwatch because it's the only game she's played like all year. Yeah, well, and I play Overwatch too. You know, now and then I still love that game. But uh, yeah, I think maybe it's because a lot of the games I play tend to be sort of online competitive games right. that you can't. Well, I mean, you can, but you you can't just drop in, play for ten minutes, and then leave for six months, right? You you practice and you get better and you know that kind of thing so maybe that's right. why right well i mean hey that that's it's all good we got our our favorite games of the year and we're going to keep playing and you're going to keep playing apex and and i'll yeah. play titanfall and maybe get good at it and maybe i'll join you in apex and yeah I, I probably, that'd be good i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see how well i do in titanfall first but <laughs> And then we'll see what our game of the year next year ends up being because there's still a lot. Like Doom was got pushed to next year, and and Last of Us is next year. Next year's a stack. I was gonna year. say next year is gonna be an interesting one for sure, definitely. But we're that's gonna do it for for this week's episode. I think part timers, full time dads. We got a bit of a schedule conflict coming up, so we're gonna see how many episodes we can get out over the Christmas break. If not. Then, you know, we'll see you guys in the new year. So this might be the last episode of the year. It might not. We're going to work on it. If you want to keep an eye on our uh, Facebook page and our Twitter page, we'll let you know if any new episodes drop. But otherwise, you got nothing else to add? This might be the last episode of the year, Chris. Oh, no. (laughs) I thought you were kind of going in your preamble there, Mike. No, uh, I have nothing else to add if we don't see you all again then have a happy new year and we'll see you in 2020 and brace yourself for endless amounts of hindsight is 2020 mike oh god (laughs) maybe this should be the last episode ever (laughs) yeah we'll come back in 2021 Ugh. All right. Anyway, you can follow along with our adventures in parenting at parttimenerdsfulltimedads.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and your favorite podcast listening services. If you want to get a hold of us, let us know. Oh, you can do it, oh Mike. God. You can make it through. <coughs> if you want to get a hold of us, let us know any helpful tips or even tell us what we said was dead wrong, you can send an email to the dads at parttimenerdsfulltimedads.com. Or reach us on our Twitter or Facebook accounts at PTNerdsFTDads. We'll be back next week, or maybe not, with more nerdy dad advice from people who are most certainly not qualified to give it whatsoever. Until next time, I am Mike. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you again uh, soon. Voice just made it. You you just crawled over that finish line. Oh Mike. my god, my voice is, sh- uh, is like on its way out. I don't know. <laughs>